Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. Here is Finding Jesus in Psalms. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. Oh, God is good. Oh, man, looking at them kids running there, I'm like, Oh, remember the days? Somebody say, still run like that. Yeah, they ain't going to flip all like these young guys did. It was funny, yesterday I was at a party, and uh, there was a bunch of about eight people around the table, you know, my age or so, and they're pushing this little yellow gold balloon like this. And I said, oh, is that old people's exercise? <laughs> so a couple walked in, today's pastor, my arm is sore. <laughs> God is good. You know, you might say, oh, they're just kids. You know, they, they, you know, they, they raise their hand, everyone. Let me tell you something. I was a children's pastor. I was a youth pastor, and now I'm a children's pastor again. Say amen. 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 Though the outward man perish, the inward is being renewed day by day. Glory to God. I remember Diane went up to Ileana Marcello and said, have you guys accepted the Lord yet? Do you want me to, to explain it to you? I said, no, Nana, no, no, let us in that prayer. They remembered that prayer of salvation, amen? What a great Italian name, no, no. It's like the first word a kid learns, right? No, no. So they learn how to say my name first. God is good. And all the time, we rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So personally, from me to you too, thank you for all that effort last week, all the time you gave. Some of you took vacation week, vacation days to be here. You sowed your finances into that. There was no charge whatsoever for that entire week. That was all a blessing from you. So we give you guys a big hand today. Amen. Amen. You got your Bibles today. Go ahead and hold them up. Father, say this to me. Father, we're looking in this book today. Your word. And today, I want to get closer to Jesus. Closer to my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and open to the book of Psalms today. We're going to find Jesus in the book of Psalms. We've been going through each book of the Bible. When we're done with this, you will have a history of every book of the Bible. You will have pages that were stuck together, not stuck anymore. When you get to heaven, and hopefully it'll be soon, you'll be able to say to Nehemiah, I heard your message, or I read parts of your book. Amen. You're going to have a little bit of history. You're going to have a little bit of understanding today. Amen. So let's talk about the book of Psalms. Let me give you a little bit of history. Then we'll get right into the message. The book of Psalms is the largest and perhaps most widely used book of the Bible. It explores the full range of human experience in a very personal and practical way. It covers us from birth to death. Amen. All right. It has 150 songs. The huge variety of subjects in the subject in the Psalms includes things like happiness, war, peace, worship, judgment, messianic prophecies, praise, grief, and sorrow. 
The Psalms were set to be played of string instruments and served as the temple hymn book and devotional guide for the Jewish people. The book of Psalms was gradually collected and originally had no name to it, perhaps due to the great variety of material. It came to be known first as the book of praise because almost every psalm contains some note of praise to Almighty God. The Latin title is Liber, L-I-B-E-R, Psalmorum, which means where they came about with the book of Psalms. Amen. So in saying that, I had to choose one psalm out of all these amazing psalms. I mean, I could have chose Psalm 91, the Lord is our protector. Amen. I could have chose Psalm 18, the Lord is our rock and our deliverer. I could have chose Psalm 27, he is our light and he is our salvation. But when I think about Jesus, one psalm jumps out and that is the Lord is my shepherd. So would you turn with me to Psalm 23? Psalm 23. What I'd like to do is something just a little bit different. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version. So those that are using uh, any type of device that you can switch, would you switch over to that? And when you get it, would you stand up with me? And let's recite the Lord, the, uh, the Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd. So would everybody please stand up? Are you ready? Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word today. It is your word that gives us wisdom. It gives us strength. It is your word that is our protector and our guide. And it is your word that teaches us who you are and how you are, Lord. So today, as we see this amazing psalm, we thank you for giving us revelation knowledge, giving us a heart of meditation to understand the depth and the deepness of your word we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go ahead and be seated. I would personally think that just about everybody in the English-speaking world has heard the words of this psalm by King David. Would you agree on that one? These words to our amazing shepherd have been spoken by many a soldier during a dark, lonely night, maybe in a foxhole, maybe in some faraway battlefield. These words are whispered through the lips of many people while they're about to enter into the shadow of the valley of death. These are the words that have brought hope, peace, and comfort 
to millions across the century. But a couple thousand years ago, in a nation under occupation, Israel, a man whose name was Jesus, said what we read in John 10, 11. Would you turn there? I want you to see it. But please hold your place in Psalm 23. We'll be coming back there. In John 10 and verse 11, our Jesus said, are you ready? Let's say it together. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for a sheep. And I guarantee you that every person that heard, heard him say those words, that their minds went right to Psalm 23. Remember, they didn't have a New Testament like we have today. They didn't have gospels or epistles or the book of Revelation like we have today. All they had was the law, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the prophets, so on, so forth of the Old Testament. And I guarantee when Jesus Christ said, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for a sheep, I guarantee their minds went right to Psalm 23. One of the clearest pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament is right here in Psalms. And in the first five words, and that's what we're going to hang out today, of this psalm from which the foundation of the entire psalm is. And those words are, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to say that slow. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd shepherd. The devil has perverted so many things in this world that when we hear certain words, we get scared of them because we think of Eastern religion and we think of cults and the occult. And one of those words is the word meditation. But the word meditation comes from the Bible. The word meditation means to mutter, to say it softly under your breath. Say it loud enough so you can hear it, but say it softly and you mutter it out. And that's why when you look at a verse like this and you'll see how much is in it, you say, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on again. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. These words show us our relationship to the good shepherd. Let's look at these five words. Are you ready this morning, church? Just five words. That's all we're going to look at. The first two words, the Lord. The Lord. Go ahead and say that. The Lord. This scripture doesn't say, a Lord is my shepherd. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is above all. If I say today, President Washington, you might say President Lincoln. If I say to you, Beethoven, you might say Bach. If I say to you, Alexander the Great, you might say Napoleon. But when it comes to Jesus, the Christ, he stands alone. He has no peers. There is only one Lord. Go over with me to Philippians chapter 2. In John chapter 3, verse 31, for those that are writing notes, Jesus said, He who comes from above is above all. When you read Philippians chapter 2, 
chapter 3, chapter 4. When you read these epistles that are written to the church, remember, the Old Testament was written to who? The Jews, right? To the Jewish people. We can sure use it because we're under, we're Abraham's seed now today. The Gospels were written to who? The Jews. He was there living. But from Acts to Revelation, those letters are written to you and me. And what they do in these letters is show us what we have because of what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. It shows us the resurrected Christ. It shows us he who sits on the throne. It shows us what Jesus is doing today and how he can work through his people. And the reason I say this, I think of this man. We call him the Apostle Paul, but he was actually Saul. He was like Bin Laden. He went about killing Christians and throwing them into prison. And he was just a persecutor of the church. But he met the Lord on the road of Damascus, right? And it changed his life. And from that moment on, his life was not sweet anymore. Nobody came up to him and said, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kissed his ring. Or he didn't flow with fancy robes or anything like that. No, he had to hide in a basket and be sent over a wall one day. He said he was whipped. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was left out in the wild. He was left for dead. But he had an experience with the shepherd. And this life meant nothing to him. What meant everything, well, he actually says it in part of Philippians, that I might know him that I might become deeply and intimately acquainted with him. But we're talking about who Jesus is right here. And this is what it says in Philippians 2.5. Everybody there? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be, say it with me, equal with God. So when they come knocking on your door, and they say, no, Jesus isn't God Almighty. He's a God. Look in my Bible. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. You say, no, 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 no. The Greek there shows he was Almighty God. Lucifer tries to bring Jesus down to the place of being a brother with him. Are you kidding me? Jesus created Lucifer beautiful and perfect in all his ways until sin was found in him. Amen? Brother, you, brothers and sisters, you got to be careful because the Bible says people will be pulled astray by every wind of doctrine. There is no if, what's, or buts about this. Jesus is equal with God. The Holy Spirit is equal with God in Jesus. Amen? They are equal. I don't understand that. I don't understand half of it myself. We trust the Lord. Amen. And one day we'll see all three. Amen. All right, keep going on. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, a human being, coming in the likeness of a man, and being the found in the appearance of the man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has, say with me, 
highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven. Now remember the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 that there is a family in heaven. Our loved ones, many of our loved ones are there. God's taking care of them up there. And then there's a family on earth. Us, are, We're a church family and we have individual families, right? And here he says that at this name, every knee shall bow. Those in heaven, those on earth. Well, I'll do that now. I'm not going to wait to that day. I bow to my king now. Amen. But then it says, and those under the earth, all those rebellious angels that we read about in Genesis chapter five and six, those that brought perversion, those that tried to change the gene pool of human beings and on that, that are locked up in Taurus right now. One day they're going to bow their knees to Jesus Christ. One day, Lucifer's going to bow. Satan's going to bow his knee. One day, all of his demonic hosts are going to bow their knees. And let me tell you, when God chains them and throws them into the lake of fire, I hope I got a front row seat. What this devil has done to the world. Isaiah talks about it. We're going to look upon him and say, are you the one that caused the nations to tremble? Boy, the Bible is full. It's rich, amen? And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How many people have died as martyrs because they insisted on these two words in this psalm? My Lord. This is Fox's Book of Martyrs. This is a fancier edition that I, that I bought years ago. And what this does is show you many of the martyrs throughout history. This book was written in 1563. Look how thick it is. They project to this day 700,000 people have given their lives for Jesus Christ. Diane reads the stories of the martyr to our grandchildren. Jennifer reads it to her children to let them know this isn't all about video games because if the Lord doesn't return, you might be seeing a lot more of this. And they actually say there will be more people martyred today than ever in history in nations like North Korea, China, Iran. Did you see him arresting those people in Cuba? Church family, we're living a real interesting day and age, amen? Are you ready to look at another two words? Here we go. The Lord is, say with me, my shepherd. Now these two words changes everything. The good shepherd Jesus, he's with me right now. This not, does not say past tense. It does not say the Lord was my shepherd. It doesn't talk about future tense. It does not say, the Lord will be my shepherd. Jesus is not only above all, he is present. He is here. He is now. The Lord 
is my shepherd. He is with me at this present moment to help me in this thing called life to meet our immediate needs. And there's so much more. Jesus is intensely personal. There is no big difference in saying the Lord. There is a big difference in saying the Lord is a shepherd and the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's no end of the world. We're living forever. We got eternal life, amen? But there will be an end of this present age, amen? That's what's coming to an end. So the Lord is my, my, meditate on that, chew on that, my shepherd. When a parent is out and their sons and daughters call, they know their voice because that is my child. Blows me away. You'll have something like VBS, a little kid will cry over there, and you'll see mama getting right over there to get to that little child. That's my child. This is not any shepherd that David is talking about, but this is my shepherd. We're not just some speck of nothing to the shepherd. No, he knows us individually. The Bible says he knows the numbers of my head. I don't know the numbers of my head. And they're here. The number of hairs on my head. And it's probably easier to count today than it was when I was 20 years old with a big afro. In Luke 12, 7. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are more valued than any sparrow. Your name is written on the palm of his hand. That's Isaiah 49, 16. See, I have ascribed you on the palm of my hand. Amen? This is intimacy. This is closeness. A thousand years after David wrote these words, Jesus made every, everyone know that it was him that David was talking about. Turn with me to John chapter 10. We're going to hang out there. We're just here for just about the rest of the service. John chapter 10. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it. Just say it as much as you want today. The Lord. He is my shepherd. John 10, 1, ready? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, but by the door, the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd, the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Would you go ahead and put that picture up for me? You leave that picture right there. Leave it right there. Verse four. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Watch, watch. For they know his voice. That's one cute looking sheep, isn't it? <laughs> Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him. For do they, they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration 
but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, watch, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. False prophets, false, false people. Look at verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Church family, how many here have entered by Jesus Christ? Then what did it just say? You shall be saved. Amen. If anyone enters by me, will be saved. Not shall be. Will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. Come on, we all know verse 10, right? The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Ready? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. But a hireling? He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Ready? I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Would you say this with me? He knows me. He knows me. Close your eyes. Just say, Jesus knows me knows me personally. He knows my good, my bad, and my ugly. He knows me. Mm. Mm. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am and and, and known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father. Ready? And I lay down my life for the sheep, my Jesus. And other, now catch verse 16. This is an important one. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, looking at his disciples and the people them, them also I must bring. Who's he talking about here? Us. And he brought us that they will hear my voice and they will be one flock and there would be one shepherd. What a good shepherd we got. You just love on him just for a moment. Love you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. And last and not least, Jesus is not only above all, he is not only personal, but he is also protective. Protective. One of the main tasks of a shepherd is to protect the sheep. Without a good shepherd, the sheep could not find their way to water or to other things of life's necessity. The shepherd keeps a constant lookout, watching for wild animals or other dangers that might harm his sheep. A good shepherd also goes after the sheep that stray from the fold. And we see this so beautifully in the great parable of Luke chapter 15. Would you go ahead and turn there with me? Luke chapter 15. And beginning with verse 3. So he spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, he doesn't leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Come on, how many have seen that picture, right? The shepherd 
I read a book once. It was a really good book until this one chapter. And it says, when the sheep runs away, the shepherd breaks his legs to teach him a lesson. Not my Jesus. Puts you over his shoulder. Loves you. I guarantee he's holding your face there. Rubbing your nose. Loving on you. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over a 99 just person who needs no repentance. This is why, church, before the return of the Lord, we want to bring in as many people as we can. Make a decision in your own life. I'm going to get one person saved. One person. Start right there. If each one reaches one, can you imagine what we would do for the kingdom of God? Can you imagine when you get to heaven and that brother or sister is right there and they look at you, thank you. They say the majority of people don't go to church because no one ever invited them. You might not be a soul saver, but you could be a soul bringer. You could bring them to a place where they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to receive the love of Christ in their heart. Church family without a shepherd, sheep are totally helpless. One of the most helpless animals. They cannot find their way through the mountains. They can't run fast enough to escape a predator, nor are they strong enough to defend themselves. Sheep cannot run or fight when the enemy comes. And just as sheep need their shepherd, so we need our shepherd. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. To this very day, shepherds can be seen on the hillsides of Judea walking with their sheep along the mountain paths. They are always in front of their sheep never behind. Amen. That is because unlike cattlemen with their cattle, shepherds never drive their sheep. Shepherds lead their sheep and the sheep follow. Our Lord will never force us. Is that the truth? What a free will he has given us or drive us against our will. He leads us and all we have to do is follow, follow. And today, as we journey through God's word together, we continue to find Jesus in every beautiful book of the Bible. And no clearer picture of him is found than right here in the book of Psalms, that he is our shepherd. From his own lips comes these amazing words. This is John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. You can look up on the screen. And I know them, and they follow me. And then verse 28, and I give them eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Do you ever get that in your mind? We are going to live forever, and we're going to enjoy this world forever. We're coming back down here. Earth was made for you and me, amen? And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. That's why I love this picture. His ear is wide open, listening to the voice of the shepherd. Church family, let's listen for his voice. And let's follow him 
throughout our lives. The Lord, nice and slow, the Lord. This is just a peaceful message today, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. Dear Lord, we want to hear your voice each and every day. Lord, you said you're not going to speak in this big, loud voice. God is spirit. You speak spirit to spirit, heart to heart. We open our hearts today to hear your voice. Just right there, right where you are. Listen to his voice. He will never knock you. If you're ever hearing something, you're no good, you're you this, you're that. That's not the shepherd's voice. The shepherd loves you. The shepherd cares for you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you each and every day. The Lord is my shepherd. Men don't ever become so macho that we can't be led by the shepherd. Women always stay sensitive to hear his voice. Be holy vessels to him. Vessels that can be led by the master. He's speaking to somebody right now, giving you direction, a question that you had. He wants to answer that for you. Go ahead and listen. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the exalted one, is my personal shepherd. When Jesus comes to set up his kingdom, his return with us behind him on horses of white, he will even lead us on that day. Jesus, the Lord, is my shepherd. This morning, if you're here, You've never asked the shepherd to be part of you. You've never asked the Lord to come into your heart. And today, you would like to do that and pray this little prayer with me. Ask the shepherd to come in. Say this, dear God in heaven, forgive me of my sins. I repent of them. Thank you for going to that cross for me. Thank you that today I can be born again and receive eternal life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around just for a moment. If you meant that in your heart, you have eternal life. For the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What I'd like to do is just help you just for a moment. If you have never prayed a prayer like that before and you did it today, I'd like to give you a little gift. No charge for it. I will not ask you to stand. I'll not ask you to come to the front. It's not that type of service. One of our altar workers who are around this sanctuary will give this for, to you, for, for you to take home. Thank you. If you don't have a Bible in there, it's a little card, bring it to our 
bookstore and they'll give you a New Testament Bible, our gift to you. That's it. That's it. So if you're here today, you just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Greatest decision you could ever make. Or maybe you've done it in the past, but you're not living for him. You would like to rededicate your life to him. Or maybe you're not sure yet, but you would sure like this free package to check out about the peace of God, about the goodness of God. Then with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll bring you this gift. Would you slip your hand up? Let me see it. After I see it, put it right back down and someone will come right to you to bring you this gift. Don't feel funny. Don't feel, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. Because you're bold and you love Jesus. Just slip your hand up high. Let us see it. And then put it right back down. And we'll make sure they come to you. All right, so we're all believers today. That's good because church is a place for believers, amen? But let this ring in your ear. Each one, reach one. Each one, reach one. Think about one friend, one family member that you could start praying for and then when God tells you to, share the gospel with them, amen? What does that mean, share the gospel? Share how you got saved, amen? This morning, if you're here, and you have some sickness in your body, and you would like prayer, would you please stand up? Please stand up and let us pray for you today. Let the anointing do what it's got to do in your body. If that's you, just stand up. Just stand up. We praise you, almighty God. We just thank you right now for your healing touch. Father, you said pray ye one for another. You said signs would accompany the word preached and one is healing, Lord. So I pray for my precious brothers and sisters right now. And I pray from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. We pray for healing in organs, healing in bones, healing in necks, shoulders, heads, healing for men's private parts and women's private parts. Healing in our stomachs, prostrates, livers. Healing in our eyes, healing in our ears, Lord. Healing in our hair. We pray, Father, for our ankles, arms, and every part of our body. We pray, Father. We pray for proper bowel movements, Lord. I pray over worry also and anxiety, fears. We pray, Father, just for healing in those areas. Now, Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Would you all stand with me as we close in prayer today? Now, Father, I thank you for my precious brothers and sisters that do so much for your cause and I am looking forward to that day when we all hear well done good and faithful servants now father I thank you as they go forth in this hot weather that you would protect them from the things of this world I thank you father that you have made us the head 
and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are highly favored and deeply loved, that we are blessed to go be a blessing. Amen. Bless you, church family. We are having prayer today if you'd like to join us. Have a great day.